I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Drop everything now. Meet me in the pub and rain. (laughs) I'm so glad you kept that up because I only had that one line in me. I feel like I know basically almost every word to that song. It was actually one of the first Taylor Swift songs that I was like, I'm a high core, hardcore stan for this song. Interesting. So, I, I as you know, have only just started listening to her earlier yeah. albums. And I do know. Speak Now is truly elite. <laughs> Like, it is a, an incredible album, actually. Imagine people being correct. Because I, I was so hesitant. Because, like, I got into Taylor Swift during the Red era. Yeah. And I was, like, so hesitant to listen to the early stuff because I thought it was, like, Country Bumpkin. Yeah, that's you know? it. No. Like, yeah. Like, I don't, like, I don't well, like that I... Tim McGraw song, her first song, which has been out Whack. for 17 years now. I mean, I think it's really interesting because people usually say, they do usually say that Red is her first time trying to mix the pop and country genre, and I totally disagree. I agree. I disagree as well. <laughs> yeah. I think it's I mean, honestly, even... Fearless? Fearless. And yeah. then Speak Now was essentially just pop rock. Right? It was pop rock. And then there they're like, oh, country. now this is her first time. It was zero country. <laughs> no, it zero was zero. Country, oh, except for me, actually mean was so country and yeah, but so it's iconic like, it's like on the nose country yeah no it's true it's like it's style, almost a stylized. satire of like country music i don't you know that line in there in the bridge of that song where she's like you're a liar you're pathetic you're alone in life i'm like uh, the bullied becomes, popped off. yeah the bullied becomes the bully <laughs> <laughs> right every time that comes on i'm like I can't believe she released she that. She went off. <laughs> she did. Yeah, literally. It's <laughs> um, very funny. But no, I've been specifically Sparks Fly. I've been, I've had Sparks Such Fly and Cruel Summer on repeat oh. for like a week now. Those two are my sister songs, actually, now you've said that. Okay, please they're explain. Vibes. <laughs> and we'll just like, they're, they're both, they've got the similar like, scream yell choruses. Like, vibes. Yeah, yeah. That like, yeah. Mm. Any song that has been a if she released it as a single. You I know? mean, it's officially a single. Did you see? Cruel Summer is, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Was wild. Why not me. a single? I don't think so. It definitely <gasps> didn't get a music video if it was. That's criminal. Jail yeah, Taylor it Swift. It is criminal. <laughs> for not making Sparks Fly a single and also for not being an intersectional feminist. I mean, like, I feel like your order of importance for those two things was spot on. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> to be clear, 
you taught me what intersectional feminist was like six months ago. Love that. And ever since, I've just been waiting to use it. So fair, so fair. Taylor Swift is the perfect example of not being an intersectional feminist. So, <laughs> um, anyway, that was a stunning Taylor Swift cold open. Hi, Maddie. Hi, Nick. How are you? How are I? I'm good. How are you? I'm also good. Thank you. You've got brand new hair. Oh, I do. I do. I also have a fringe, but it's kind of grown out too much for it to just be on display it's only on happened display, like two weeks on display, ago but... on display each do you you don't watch the real housewives of new jersey nope sorry what have you watched beverly hills yeah i watched a couple scenes of beverly hills i've also watched a couple of episodes of salt lake city and absolutely i wish i watched more of that like i think often about how i should not have stopped watching that you need to finish salt lake city because season two of salt lake city yeah. uh, it turns into like a crew, tr- a crew crime drama, a true, a crew iconic. crime, a true crime drama halfway through. It's fucking iconic. Iconic. I mean, that is iconic. Bad for the victims of Jen Shah's scheme, but like compelling television. <laughs> <laughs> but for me sitting at home, iconic. <laughs> yeah, that's like the the um. Do you know about all the Vanderpump Rules scandal stuff? Oh, uh, I mean, I know there is scandal, but I don't know what it is. You would be so into the drama. Is she have, the like, one? Is she like was she wildly underpaying her employees? I don't think is that so. one of the scandals. No. Oh, okay. Then no, no, no. I've this one's about the the cast, the younger cast members of Vanderpump Rules. Um. So Vanderpump Rules is like technically about a group of friends who all bartend. And like do waitressing and stuff at Lisa Vanderpump's Hollywood restaurants. Ah, oh. and it's like about their personal. So it's lives not about stuff. Lisa. <sighs> not really. It doesn't really go very much into her personal wow. life so much as she's just like there. a couple times a season. She has to give a stern warning to act professional Iconic. to one of the waiters, and the rest of the time it's just like comforting them because they're being dramatic. Huh. You know, um, wild. So she's like a you know she's the main character technically, but. She's not the main character, main character. But, right. So it's about all these, like, 30... I mean, when I, I guess when it started, it was, like, 20 to 30. Now it's 30 to 40-year-olds. And basically, there's a couple on the show that have been together for 10 years, which is pretty much the entire run of the show. Um, Ariana Maddox and Tom Sandoval. Okay? Right. Ariana Maddox's best friend was... Raquel Levis. A piece of information that is not vital to this story, but I feel like needs to be said, (laughs) is that Raquel... I mean, it says everything Mm -hmm. about her that you need to know, but Raquel, her real name is Rachel. And she moved to Hollywood and pretended her name was Raquel. That does tell me everything I need to know about her. How psychotic is that? (laughs) That is pretty psychotic. That's like you moving to Hollywood and, like, naming yourself... Madeline. No, not even Madeline. Like, Madeline. You know? Yeah, Like, so kind true. of exotic. So true. You gotta go friend. And I would be yeah. like, Nicola. Hello, I am Nicola. <laughs> I would like a wee-wee baguette yeah. poisson. You know? It's, Raquel is giving those vibes. So we just, everyone that's just calls so her Rachel funny. because that's actually her name. 
Um, okay. And basically, so she is Ariana's best friend. And then mm-hmm. it comes out, I think a week after they finished filming the latest season. Yeah. It comes out that for like seven months, Tom and Ariana's best friend oh, no. were having sex Raquel. and cheating. Yeah, Raquel were cheating behind Ariana's back for like seven months. Wow. So this like turned into like literally an international news item all over the place crazy. It was like a whole thing. Wild. So like literally Ariana found out like one day and the next day all of the um, Bravo cameras were up and rolling to follow all of the stuff happened live. Like wow. Ariana confronting Tom happened on air. Stop. All this stuff. Wow. Like literally her sub, them both like subbing and she going, I wish you were dead. Like that kind of intensity. Like it was fucking wild. So that was the finale because they filmed that once it wrapped. Right. And then the three part reunion was like the most viewed thing in Bravo in the past 15 years. Because essentially it was (laughs) 10 cast members just ganging up and ripping to shreds the two cast members who were cheating. Whack. By the end of part three, it was getting so brutal that people actually started to feel bad for Rachel because she was being so, like, ripped to shreds. Whack. I mean, to be perfectly honest, if you're going to rip someone to shreds, I mean, Rachel obviously is in the wrong because she knew she was a best friend. She's she's obviously done the wrong thing. Tom fuckface. Mm-hmm. He deserves the brunt he of, deserves the, worst of the, worst. the He does. He no, he deserves the brunt of the ridicule I and agree. the fact that they put it on the woman. I mean, they definitely Funny. ripped him to shreds first and then her. Good. But she's like I actually yeah. it's like a whole conversation about reality TV and mental health cuz she's like fully in like a mental health facility <laughs> for the past 2 months since it came out and like everyone on social media and the news like it literally news hosts are calling them terrible people and like all this stuff like it's it's genuinely insane whack wow yeah so like i mean it's horrible but like i'm starting to feel bad and i'm like i hope i i hope that their mental health doesn't like uh, completely bomb from this reality tv moment you know Uh, i it's such an unfortunate thing because it's so. I th- um, by unfortunate thing, I mean I, I feel like the 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 specter of reality television. I think is what I mean is the unfortunate thing because it's like, I mean obviously they've done the wrong thing and obviously they deserve to be, like, you know, called out, called out particularly by their their friends and by the wife, whatever her name is, Ariana. Mm. Um. I just, I, it's just such a personal situation and I just think it's not right that the general public gets a say on shit like that. I don't know. And I understand that that's what comes with being in a reality TV show by assigning yourself up for that, like, celebrityhood. But I, I, I don't know. Like, where's the line yeah. between what's acceptable to be talked about in the public sphere and what's not? Yeah. Particularly even... when these are real people and well, yeah, they're exactly. real consequences. Yeah, exactly. And I it, it's kind of it's kind of a grey area because all three of them are cast members on the show, so they signed up for it. Yeah. Like they signed yeah. up to be exploited. 
like knowingly Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. just that and like honestly even like social media commentary and stuff i think that's all kind of fair game but like personally i can't imagine ever being the type of person to go and comment die cheating scum or fucking kill yourself me either no absolutely not that's like hundreds of thousands of comments targeting them like it's crazy and i think a really vital piece of context for this whole thing is that everyone in this cast has slept with everyone in this cast they've all cheated on one person or another Um, they're all fucking (laughs) they're all fucking hypocrites i literally think that ariana and tom the couple of 10 years I'm pretty sure they started because he cheated on his ex-girlfriend with Ariana. Oof. Oof. So, like, it's just a fascinating piece of, like, society and reality TV and... Yeah. It feels kind of like the evolution of, like, all the conversations we've had kind of about, like, Britney and Princess Diana and paparazzi and stuff. This kind of feels like the evolution of what the paparazzi and the media used to do to celebrities, it's now yeah, us literally doing us, it to celebrities. The, the general public. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's so interesting. I, it's just so wild what people feel comfortable. So just as a, as a slight addition onto this, um, firstly, as a bit of context, I've been watching the F1. Mm-hmm. Second, just that's for the general audience. Secondly, so um, one, of the, one, of the, one of the drivers... His name is Max. Not Max. His, yeah, I know. His father. Yeah. Is like a convicted, like, tried to murder someone, wildly abusive, domestic abuse, again, convicted, has served, like, he, he got, he got jail time. Sorry, he got suspended jail time so he's never actually been to jail blah 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 all of this right Mm. um like really bad person so super wild Mm. very very bad person yes but he was like the one who got max into racing blah 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 and max also super traumatized you should hear some of the shit that he says in interviews but i feel like what do you mean like he says he he says fucked up shit or he talks about his like childhood and his father yeah no talks about his childhood like the trauma dumping yeah yeah Um, but I don't think he realizes that all of this stuff is like genuinely bad. All of which is just to say that's kind of the background t- context, which is where I, what I'm leading to is that mm. yesterday was Father's Day and Max made a post saying happy Father's Day to his dad, whatever. <laughs> I read the comments because I was like, this is going to be a shit fight. Yeah, <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. I read the comments. Gee, I'm sure these comments are the totally comments... tame. Yeah. Half of them were like your father's a terrible person. Why would you still associate yourself with him? Um, You shouldn't say stuff like this, blah, blah, blah. And then the other half are like, your dad is the best person ever. Thank God he got you into racing. All of these other people are just jealous. And it's like, okay. (sighs) This is, uh, okay, this is. Those things are inappropriate to say. (laughs) This is genuinely something that's been on my mind this exact kind of scenario not like that exactly like that that kind of scenario in 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 culture in general right now it's like there's genuinely no one on social media 
who's just a reasonable, level-headed I... person. Literally. There's three Literally. categories that everybody on social media falls into. They're either mm-hmm. the hardcore stands mm-hmm. who stand problematic people. Like, I've seen just mm-hmm. yesterday all these people who are like <laughs> uh, Christopher Nolan and Greta Gerwig. Uh, are the worst people in the world because they're not letting Mission Impossible have premium screen oh theaters during the month of July, and Tom Cruise deserves it. Well. He's the goat. He's all this stuff, and it's like imagine going hard for Tom Scientology Cruise. <laughs> so hard that you actually don't have any ability to think logically, which is that Greta right. and Christopher have nothing to do with that. <laughs> it's insane to me. So there's like forgiving problematic people stands, right? So there's the hardcore mm-hmm. stands that way, mm-hmm. and then there's that everything's problematic, everyone cancel everyone, every little thing is scrutinized people, the chronically online people. And then the third group is, like, conservatives who are just dumb and, like, (laughs) can't think critically (laughs) full stop. So, like, they're not even really people, they're just blobs. Um, So I think those are the three categories of people on the internet. There is the fourth category of normal people, but the problem is normal people don't really interact with this terror stuff. The fourth option is the people who just go, oh, this has no place for me to comment on this. And so they stay out of it. (laughs) You you bet that I was reading all of these Tom Cruise stan tweets and being like, these people are fucking crazy. Did I (laughs) say anything or do anything? Absolutely fucking not. Absolutely not. That's like like saying something... That's like like Bob's, like Nicki Minaj fans and K-pop stans. Yeah. People are, celebrities are genuinely scared. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it's... Stan it culture's is, fucking insane. It is absolutely insane. I genuinely, I mean, this could be such a big topic. I, mm. It should be a dissertation in, in, in coming years genuinely. about just how people feel like they can just say an opinion, mm. like it's fact, and... People have access to that shit now. You know, it's it's it's, it's not like you're just saying it to a friend. It's yeah. like you're directly commenting on a celebrity's feed. They probably could they could see that. Like yeah. you're not just saying that into the ether. You yeah. know? Yeah. What did um, I see? It's wild. The, here's a good example of that. Um, you know the new Pixar movie, uh, Elementals. Oh, Elemental. Yes. Okay. So in that movie, it's a f- classic Disney. This is Disney's first gay character, but in reality, it's their 10th first gay character in a movie, you know? But it's um mm-hmm. the first non-binary character. So there's a character in the film right. who uses they-them pronouns. Interesting. Um, The actor who was the non-binary actor who voices them uh, mm-hmm. tweeted out, Exciting news! I'm Go See Elemental. I'm in the movie as the first, Disney's first... Uh, non-binary character and people were like retweeting that with like valid criticism but like tagging them like tagging the voice actor instead of like Pixar and I'm like we can have these critical discussions and even make jokes and stuff because it is funny but you don't have to like ruin this small time actor's big break by tagging them and making sure that the only thing they see on social media is the negativity like their post originally mm. saying hey go see elementals eight minute as the first non-binary character has like two thousand likes the retweet with the commentary has a hundred thousand likes you know Oof. Oof. it's 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 
Oh. I think we're onto something with this stan culture and stuff <laughs> is the evolution of like paparazzi and celebrity culture yeah i think no, we're for sure because that shit's for sure wild it is wild it absolutely is wild yeah it is it is, yeah yeah and, and it's uncomfortable for anyone who is like wow something should be kept private it's like this is too much yeah. This is just, I don't want to have anything. I don't even want to see it, let alone take part in the discussion, you know? Mm. Ugh, anyway. I do know. Fair. Okay, now so we're true. talking about, we're, we're moving on to Warner Brothers because we have opinions okay. on this and we've been having opinions on this. Wait, we didn't so talk about Elephant in the long. Room. The Elephant in the Room is that the we have not in the room done is... anything for a month. Yeah, oof. Sorry. I've been busy and I don't handle that well. We've been. Mentally. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to try and take partial blame, but then I was like, oh, I'm taking a look at it. <laughs> um, uh, we, for months, have been wanting to talk about kind of DC Brothers. Studios and Warner Brothers and the Zack Snyder of it all and all this stuff. It's true. And we have kind of talked a little bit about it because we have spoken at length, not at length, about Warner Brothers um Particularly in terms Max, of their their HBO. yes their change their 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 merge with the Discovery mm. and the weird decisions they were making axing shows and moving them from um removing them yeah literally yeah. just deleting just series that flashbacks. aren't anywhere else yeah exactly wild truly wild but very excitingly we now have an ab- actual excuse to talk about the wider DC universe because the flash came out. The flash did come out and we saw it. I, and it happened. feel like we need to preface everything we say about (gasps) DC and the flash with like a statement about Ezra Miller. Mm. Like a statement. Not like we need to make a statement about anything because we're not in an organization, but I want to say, for context sake, Ezra Miller uses, I believe, they, them, and they, he, them, him pronouns. Not he, him. Oh, okay. Uh, sure. I thought it was just they, them, but I might not. I might be wrong. I could also be wrong. I'm not sure. But um, anyway, we're probably just going to be talking about Ezra Miller in the context of the character Barry and the Flash and stuff. Yes. We have in the past talked about their um, Hawaiian tirades where they breaking and entering <laughs> and all this I, stuff. I, and I got accused of like uh, kidnapping a, an underage child and all this stuff. Oh they are being held accountable for their actions, like legally and criminally. So mm-hmm. I don't think that we really have anything else to say because they are being. I think this is one of those situations that we were talking about earlier, which is this is not for us to comment on. This is not, this is not entertainment. That's extremely serious Mm. and has nothing to do with us. So. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And also it's like, it's just a movie. I don't know. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, again, I saw the, I feel like most of what we're going to be talking about anyway has nothing to do with Ezra. We're talking yeah. about the film, and we're talking about DC, so... Totally. Yeah. So that's all, is 
we know that they've done Bad. some fucked up shit, mm. and uh, we both, I think, agreed that um, watching the movie, it was hard at times to uh, separate real life Ezra Miller from Barry Allen yeah. Flash. Like, um, it really was. It's hard not to think uh, about the real life Surprisingly so, actually. Yeah, when watching yeah. it. Um, yeah. So... I would say keep that in mind when you're if you want to go see it or not go see it or whatever, and also everyone's morally, yeah, you know, morals. Yeah. Anyway, so stuff like this. Anyway, we saw the flash last night. We did. I think going in, Maddie had zero expectations. Really I thought it was going to be genuinely horrific. Negative outlook. I did. I had a more neutral outlook. I went in very worried about the CGI, the runtime, and Ezra Miller, like, being able to see them on screen for, like, two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, so we kind of, we went into the movie in, like, two different places, I would say. Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. And then when we came out... We were also in two different places. Yes. I see. I actually came out from being like, oh, I went in being like, I'm going to hate this. I don't want to be here. I'm wasting my money. And I came out being like, eh. That's not true. Eh. I'm going to tell you what you were actually feeling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You went in feeling all that way. And then when you came out. Yes. You were wiping tears from your face. And yeah. you said, I hated that, but it wasn't as bad as I expected. Yes. I don't think I did say I hated it. I actually think I said the opposite, which was, you I didn't. didn't hate it, but I didn't like it, and I didn't love it. It just existed. I am ambivalent. It was average. I'd never see it again. I don't wonder. I don't, I'm not, I don't have anything to say about it. It's just, it, it, it was there. I didn't waste my money, but I would never spend any money on it again. And by the way, she, well, context, actually, no, that's also not I true. You said, you said you said that you finished, and the first thing you said two seconds into the credits was that was the most boring film the most of all boring time. Movie I've ever seen, and I actually do maintain that. And then you were saying it was like boring. It, it it was a nothing movie. It didn't make you uh, feel anything, or there was no like emotional stakes or stakes or anything. <sighs> but cut to the actual cinema, and she was crying. Okay, so, like, it that, had emotional impact. And I'm that. only... Def- well, wait, I'm only defending it because I think its emotional uh, resonance and impact with the family stuff is one of the only, like, genuinely good qualities of the film. Absolutely. No, I totally would agree with that. I, t- I, I, I would totally agree with that. I think... To be, uh, but to be honest, that scene where he was saying goodbye to his mom could have been taken out of context. I could have watched that two minutes and I still would have cried. It had nothing to do with the wife film. But it film, still would have you given know? you an emotional reaction, which means it made no, and sure. successfully made you feel some type of way. Sure, that one single scene did the movie, but I can't judge the whole movie based on a two-minute scene that I did cry at. The other two hours and twenty-five minutes, no, I but I'm like, saying you can't say that it didn't have any emotional stakes or emotional kind of weight to it because it did i think it tried to i think it tried to uh, i i mean i i i uh, 
for me, it felt really, again, I would have cried at that scene. I fucking, yesterday, I almost cried because Max Verstappen got bullied about posting a Father's Day post on Instagram. Okay, I fucking cried everything these days. So I'm just saying, <laughs> that single scene aside, like, I just, I, I, it felt really, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the family stuff made sense. Yes, there was some follow through on, there was definitely an emotional arc in relation to him having to say goodbye to his family and stuff. But I don't even feel like that was, I know he was back in time to save his mum. But most of the movie was, I thought it was trying to do this. It, it felt more like it was supposed to be about being alone and the burden of being a superhero and... Mm-hmm. And then he was trying to find companionship with himself. That, that to me, felt like that was what most of the emotional arc was supposed to be. And that was hollow. It was like, what? I There's nothing. I didn't get personally, anything Personally, I that, didn't get you know? that. But I can see how you would get that. Yeah. From, from the him and his doppelganger um, storyline. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. Um, I want to be Well, clear. and fucking Ben Affleck at the beginning being like, Ugh, all this life has got me is being alone. Yeah, and then also Supergirl being alone yeah. and not wanting to help humanity and then yeah. changing course because so of all this stuff. But, um, yeah, for, like, context, I liked the movie. I didn't love it. I liked it. I'd probably give it a 6 or a 7 out of 10. Mm. You said, like, a 4 or a 5 out of 10, I think you said. Is that correct? I said 5, yeah. Five. I, like, I didn't I did not like it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it or love it either. It just, yeah, it just kind of exists. Yeah. So, um, and five. the thing I wrote down last night was that it feels very much like AI wrote this movie. In that... Yeah, oh my god, literally. Warner Brothers put into, like, ChatGP or something, give me a script for the superhero The Flash that uses these storylines from the comics, um hits these emotional beats with the mother and the family that has cameos from these people and nostalgic uh, things from here. And it was all just like base level first thought. No, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Well, well, I was going to say there was literally not one single aspect (laughs) about that script that was innovative or new. Every single thing that happened in that movie has happened at some point in the last 15 years of superhero films, you know? Which is the thing. And this film actually has been in development for a decade. It Wild. just kept getting stuck in hell because of the Zack Snyder stuff and then the Warner Brothers stuff and the pandemic and all this stuff. So it was like, had this movie come out in like 2017 when it was meant to? Yeah. It could have been... It would have been way better. However, yeah. I'm also coming into this with prior knowledge of the comic books and the character as a whole, as someone who's seen, like, seven and a half seasons of the Flash TV show, mm-hmm. which covered this exact storyline twice. Whack. Like, the Flashpoint storyline literally covered, I think, in, like, literally season three for, like, a full half a season. So, like, 12 episodes, they did the Flashpoint stuff. He accidentally rewrote reality. He had to go back. Uh, he got stuck in a different reality. He had to go back and re-let his mom die. He came back and stuff was still a little bit different, but he couldn't go back and fix it again because he'd just make everything worse. Uh, so, like, I think for people that are fans of the character, we've already seen this story play out 
yeah. six years ago on television over 12 hours with a more likable lead in Grant Gustin. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I personally think this, them picking the Flashpoint paradox as the storyline for the film was a bad choice. Yes. But with the knowledge that it's been the plan for 10 years, I don't know if it helps helps it, but like it, it's something to consider, I guess. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, just well, like I think s- that's one of those things where it's like, mm-hmm. that's such niche. Yes, it does absolutely explain the movie, but it's such a niche knowledge that no one in the world knows that, nor should they really care when oh, they're about, going yes. in to see and they're, when they're, they're going in to pay 15 bucks to see a movie. It's like, I will... Um, yeah, sure. Well, it could have been good ten years ago. Yeah, if it came out when it was supposed to. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think the TV show stuff is also so like I I I I just think the whole thing's a mess, and the DC brand as a whole, yeah, has a lot of bad will with audiences. I think it does. The last. But it always has. Every movie since Aquaman has not made a profit at the cinemas. They've just either just broken even or not broken even and lost money. Box office bombs. Wow. Which, by the way, the box office numbers for this are looking horrendous. It's actually trending lower than Black Adam. It's made ten million less in its opening weekend than Black Adam. And Black Adam had a smaller budget. That's it. <laughs> it had a smaller budget and it still didn't make back its money. Um, it was still a box office bomb. But I think this is also a time See, I think the thing... where the past yeah. three years of superhero movies have been about the multiverse. Yeah. So not only does it have the DC's bad reputation for movies, it also has Marvel most of the time doing the multiverse better. Yes. And then it has controversy with the lead, not being able to do press. It has general audiences with the knowledge that as of December this year, this movie will not have mattered. None of this yeah. will have mattered, right? Uh, yeah. And then it also has a majority of the audience who is going to see the Flash movie opening weekend are people who would have watched the Flash TV show. Or at least not yeah. about the Flashpoint Paradox, Paradox plotline. So no matter which way you look at it or what angle you view it from, there's no originality in there. No, absolutely all, not. It all feels absolutely done. Not. None of it feels fresh. No. And I mean, ex- like literally, exactly. You're someone who's not seen the show or, or knows about the Flashpoint Paradox, Paradox comic storyline or anything. No. But you've been having to live in this multiverse era of the movies and shows for the past few years. So you're like already yeah, tired, yeah. right? No, for sure, for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like I've seen... Maybe, I, you know, now I'm thinking about it, it might just be because I've been watching Doctor Who and they do that going back and, you mm. know, seeing other versions of yourself and, like, that that the spending time with the other versions of yourself mm. kind of thing. Maybe that's maybe that's why I feel like I'm like, this is not innovative at all. But I feel like it's... Totally. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. There's just nothing. There's literally nothing about it that was, like... I, I, I can't think of one single thing where I was like, oh, that was cool. 
no, I think some of the cool. directing choices, like creative choices, were quite cool. Sorry, story wise, I mean. Oh no, story wise, I 100% agree. It, yeah, it it feels like the yeah. most. It feels like it was written by AI to be a good comic yes. book movie, and because it was written to be a good comic book movie, it's generally fine and generally okay. You know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I have a recommendation for everyone who is considering seeing The Flash or doesn't want to go see it because of Ezra Don't. and all this stuff. Go If you're in Australia, go on Stan and watch the 75-minute animated Flashpoint, Justice League, the Flashpoint Paradox movie. It's 75 minutes long. It's a direct Iconic. adaptation of the Par- Flashpoint Paradox uh, comic books. It's infinitely better. It's so much cooler. The concepts are cooler. <laughs> In the universe that Barry accidentally creates, uh, <laughs> the um, Wonder Woman and Aquaman are both dead because Atlantis and Themyscira went to war with each other and like That's cool. destroyed each other's civilizations. Like Really cool, fun ideas like that. Um, so watch that instead because it's better and well, also see, a lot quicker. The thing- also, I mean, the thing that really pissed me off about this movie, and I think this is because the only film that I am a hardcore fan of in the DC universe is Wonder Woman, as I think most people feel. See, I would even say that the Wonder Woman movie is one of my favourite superhero movies, including mm-hmm. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that really pissed me off about this is that it was like they had the one the one bit at the beginning where Barry was like, oh, I'm going to try and find Diana, Wonder Woman, and he found the Vegas show yeah. and then she was just never mentioned again mm. at the end they didn't do any references to any wonder woman even though they did multiple flashbacks to um other superhero other supermans and other batmans and then at the end they made sure that we all knew that batman was different but aquaman is not and then it was just like diana's yeah. gone gal yeah. gadot had like the two minute cameo at the beginning and i feel kind of bad for her that this was like her last yeah. This was it. Like that that was it. That yeah, was what she and did I mean she only found out because Patty Jenkins was like fired by James Gunn and Peter Safran. So Yeah. Yeah. But um Wild. I don't with speaking of the cameos, you know how there was like the multiverse cameo at the end where there was like the past Yeah. Superman and Flash and stuff, or some of them, not many of them, but mm-hmm. some of them. And they were all yeah. CGI and it was really cringe because yeah. there was, was a CGI horrifying. uncanny valley Nick Cage. Spoilers, right. by the way. Uh, but I don't know Honestly, if you know, but the two, but like, um, the Christopher Reeves Superman, Christopher Reeves is hmm. dead. Oh. They didn't get, like, permission from the family to recreate, CGI recreate him as a living thing in this film. Like, there's, like, even moral questions about certain aspects of this movie that are beyond even Ezra Miller. Like, it's wild. I just think that's an interesting little tidbit for you. Um. Honestly, honestly, I was so freaked out by the CGI in general in this film, specifically in relation to their humans, because it was foul. Um, I, so by I, the time we got to that point, mm. I was like, I feel like I physically don't even want to be watching the screen for all of this because it is so bad it was like a terribly animated video game it wasn't even like it was actually you know what it was kind of like the polar fucking express that's what it was like it was horrifying (laughs) um i feel like i disagree for the most part i think really no let me finish let me finish 
I think the CGI okay. for the most part was solid and creative and like over the top in a way that felt at least like it was stylized. Um, yeah. But any human humanoid character that was CGI looked horrendous. It's like they did not care. It's horrendous. like you say, it looked like a it looked like a video game. Um, it did. So like, the it babies, did. They did not even try. The babies at the beginning, like the baby in the microwave, like the Flash oh was God. holding a CGI baby, and it's like we can tell it's CGI because the baby's next to an actual human. Could you not have given yeah. him an actual human? Him being Barry. Well, and it's really it's really funny because the CGI with the two Barrys on good. screen was phenomenal. I yeah. was uh, half the time I was like, how did they do this? Mm. You know? And then you get that shit and it's like, uh, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it was, right it was now? mostly just the humans that the CGI was yeah. horrific. The only ones I'll forgive is, um, in the like Coliseum thing where he like reverses time and stuff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, you know how it had like copies of, all the people in a circle and it was like reversing time and all yeah. this stuff. I think that they looked cartoony on purpose. I think that it was meant to look um, fake because it was, you know? I don't know if it was supposed to look fake. But it was meant to be... I think it was, like, stylized. Uh, see, like... I, see I, I felt like, though, that a CGI was just as bad as the other human CGI. No, it so was. I think maybe the, that... Yeah, it was, but I think that it was more forgivable, I should say, in those scenes because... Well, I'll see what I'm going to say. It's so fantastical. Well, I don't know if that's true because I, I was like, because they were on the same level, I couldn't tell whether or not this was just because they did a bad job or because it was, so, it was right. supposed to be purposeful, you no, know? Totally, yes, I um, agree. Yeah. So I... I couldn't it's, it's forgive the, it simply because I couldn't fucking work out what I was trying it, yeah. to do. No, I agree. Yeah, I, agree. Yeah. I do agree. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a fine movie. But more importantly, let's talk a little bit about, before we wrap up, about the... Um... I wouldn't recommend that people go and see it, I would say. Like, if you if you want to, go ahead. That I'm not going to stop you. I would say keep in mind it's two hours and 36 minutes long for a story that I guarantee you've seen before. Yeah, it's 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 a boring story. Having said that, personally, I generally speaking enjoyed it. Um, I would probably watch it again when it's on a streaming service. Um, Really? Yeah, why not? Um, I thought actually, you know what? I actually thought it was quite funny. I thought more than other DC movies, the humor landed more often than it didn't. It did. That's true. So that was a positive. There weren't there weren't many things. There's specifically there's nothing that I'm glowing about, that I would, like, no. say, you have to see The Flash because of this specific aspect that was so phenomenally well done Yeah, that you yeah. should go see it. Like, there's nothing yeah, like that. It's absolutely it's just, it's, not it's a, a fine movie, movie. you have to see. And it's generally enjoyable. It's made to be a crowd. It's like the Avatar movie, the James Cameron Avatar movies. It's so generally broad that everyone's going <laughs> to kind of find something to enjoy in it. But that doesn't no. mean it's a good a good narrative or a good story or something to, you know? No, I totally disagree. I totally disagree. I didn't even like Avatar, and I would say it was way better than that. No, I agree. But I'm saying... At least Avatar was interesting when it came out at the time, you know? Okay, well, perhaps I'm speaking specifically about Avatar 2. 
<laughs> well, you've not seen, seen. That, so. <laughs> um, well okay so kind of moving on then into the wider issue with this film is her uh, dc yeah okay so i did so much research about dc Making last choices. night okay you have Hit me. no idea how wild <laughs> this shit is really i feel like it's pretty wild i feel like general audiences haven't don't really know because it's not it's like it's like pop culture-y like fandom-y stuff yeah. to know about all of this um but basically end of last year the head of dc eu so the dc extended universe which has been from Zack snyder's man of steel henry cavill superman until yes. now any dc movie within yeah. that 10 years has been part of the dc eu dc extended mm-hmm. extended universe run by like walter hamada and stuff Most of those movies were poorly received, bad reviews, bad box office, box yes. office bombs. With the rarest ex- exception, the only one that made over a billion dollars was Aquaman, which is wild. That is wild. Like, it's literally the only one. Um, <laughs> that's wild. That's, yeah. so, that's wild. That's random, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And basically, as Maddie mentioned earlier, um, Warner Brothers has gone through a shift because they merged with Discovery and... Yes. This is probably one of the few good things that's coming out of it. Is that they're... Oh, I don't even know if I can say it's good because I don't think they're doing a full reboot of the DC stuff. But hopefully... This is not good. The DC brand will benefit from this by being kind of more creative and more focus-driven. Like, at the end of last year, James Gunn, director, Guardians of the Galaxy and all that, and Peter Safran, who's a producer of, like, a billion movies, were named the heads of DC Studios. Mm-hmm. Perhaps reminiscent of Marvel Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are co-CEOs of DC Studios, and they are now planning an eight to ten year first chapter of the DCU. So it's dropped the extended, and now it's just the DC Universe. So it's not the DC Extended Universe, it's just DC Universe. How they expect general audiences to know the difference, I do not know. Oh, on top I'm, of this... Do you know what? On top of that, why do they expect general audiences to fucking care? They well, don't. The thing, I don't even don't care, really care about I'm DC not a general anymore. audience. But... Yeah. People don't care about... Yeah, anyway. So, yes. For context, <laughs> they're doing a soft reboot of the DC brand in movies and TV and stuff. Um, and that's going to be eight to ten years. I think they're planning on doing one or two chapters, which is the DC version of Phases. Marvel Phase 1, Phase 2, Phase 3. So Chapter 1 is called Gods and Monsters. And I believe it's meant to last, like, eight to ten years... And they've announced the first five movies and the first five shows for this chapter of the DCU. The first chapter. Uh, All envisioned by, like, James Gunn and a small team of writers that he assembled. Having said that, so this DC universe is being soft rebooted in 2024. Mm. There will also be the DC Elseworlds brand. Did you know about this? So DC Elseworlds... So if you watch a movie or a show and it doesn't come up with DC Universe or DC or whatever, and it comes up with DC Elseworlds, it means it's disconnected from the DCU storyline. 
So I'm talking Robert Pattinson's The Batman. That's part of DC. Wow. So there's going to be the Robert Pattinson Batman movies coming out. And the James Gunn DCU Batman at the same time with a different actor and a different story and different everything that's connected to all of the DC Universe overall arching storyline. Um, (laughs) Having said that, uh, it's also got like the Joker and the Joker 2 are part of DC Elseworlds. Um, That's really mostly it that's kind of been announced at the moment that's um, not part of the DC major universe that has an overarching storyline a la Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm. They're doing that kind of thing. Mm. Mm. Um, so it's it's ultra confusing for the, those reasons that I've said and then even more confusing I know I'm talking at you but I feel like this is my little tech oh, talk yeah. and then we can have a discussion yeah, about it, it because it's wild. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it wasn't confusing enough for general audiences, if general audiences even hear about any of this, um, is that they didn't. Warner Brothers said, James Gunn, Peter Safran, can you please salvage this brand and make audiences like it so that we can make billion dollar movies every time and not have eight movies in a row be box office bombs? They said, sure, the best idea is to do a reboot. I would personally personally agree. I think you agreed when we talked about it ages ago. We said they need to do a hard reboot, scrap everything, stop, make a two-year at minimum gap when nothing of this universe comes out, mm. and then start from scratch, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, all the main trio and stuff, build up to the Justice League, all that stuff, start from scratch. It'll be easier to understand. People will perhaps be a bit more willing to dive into to give it a, a hard rebooted universe. Yeah. Because they're not going to feel like they have to have watched all of the four hours Zack Snyder's Justice League and stuff. Yeah. And that's originally what everyone thought they were doing. But then they announced yeah. James Gunn as the head and he's like the creative head. So he's basically said... Yeah. We're not doing a hard reboot, we're doing a soft reboot, which means some of the characters and actors and creatives that have been making these DC movies for the past 10 years, we like, and we're going to keep them. Now, Mm -hmm. it just so happens that so far the characters he's decided to keep are the ones that he's created. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking 2021's The Suicide Squad. Mm Mm-hmm is canon to this new DCU. Whack. So it's no longer canon to the DC Extended Universe, it's canon to DCU. Right. Why is Harley Quinn and stuff in it then? Fuck to find out, it's a soft reboot. Perhaps they're like... variants or whatever. (laughs) So this also then includes season one of Peacemaker, the the Suicide Squad HBO Max spin-off that's MA15+. And has graphic nudity and graphic swearing and graphic gore and violence. Has that come out yet? It's been out for a year and a half. That's awkward. So he's, James Gunn has said, yeah, we're keeping some things and not keeping pretty much everything. But some things, it just so happens that the things we're keeping are the movie that I wrote and directed and the series that I wrote and directed. Oops. So, uh, yeah. to be clear, some of these characters, for example, are Viola Davis's Amanda Waller. Do you remember? 
mm-hmm. from the yeah. Suicide Squad and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She's apparently going to be a major player in the DCU. Right. So she's getting her own Waller TV series coming out as part of the DCU in 2024. <sighs> That's connected to all this new Superman and Batman and stuff. I just feel so exhausted even listening to this, you know? Yeah, I, me too, but I'm like, audiences have shown that we don't respond to these characters from the past 10 yeah. years. Why are you trying to salvage anything? Just because Viola Davis yeah. is a phenomenal actor and a phenomenal talent that you want to keep because of her talent and because of her star power, not because her character's, yeah. you know, uh, vital to the story... I'm like, uh, people, anyone who was willing to give this new DC universe rebooted a chance is going to be like, wait a second, this movie has Viola Davis's Amanda Waller and John Cena's Peacemaker and James Gunn's wife in it. Yeah. This is the same one, like, these are the same characters from five years ago. Why? Yeah. Is this part of, it's too confusing. I give up. Absolutely. I no, know. absolutely. I'm making zero sense because I'm like, no, you're not. As you make, fuck. you make a lot of sense. I but see I just my can't thing is why they would do a soft reboot and just keep these characters. The, the Suicide Squad didn't make back its budget. It was a major flop despite yeah, being well, released during COVID. It was flops. still a major flop. And they're all major flops. I just, I see. I think my biggest issue with the whole thing is that it's and my biggest issue is actually with the, the, the you go all the way to the top mm-hmm. to Warner Brothers being like, can you please salvage the DCU? What needs to happen is they need to scrap the DCU entirely, mm-hmm. move on from superheroes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. You're not doing it right. You don't need somebody else to do it. You just don't need it anymore. Do something else, you know? I, I genuinely, the thing about, the, the re, half the reason why Marvel did so well was because they were the first to market on something that people hadn't seen on such a large scale basically ever before, mm-hmm. right? Um, D- DC were just never going to be able to match that mm-hmm. because they came afterwards. They uh, I mean, the movies were shit as well. They started five years too late. The only way that Warner Brothers can get ahead is if they do something else. They have to do what Marvel did with something different, you know? Yeah, it's, and you're that's... absolutely correct. And not only that, it needs they need to be able to, from an audience's and general audience's perspective, they need that blank slate, like you say. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, even if you think about them, like, fucking rebooting Harry Potter and shit, it's like, again... We don't need you to reboot stuff. We don't need to visit things we've already seen. You don't need to salvage your media empire by doing mm. things that you have seen be successful previously. Fucking mm. do something different. Yeah. They can still be big blockbuster movies and bash them, smash them, crash them. Like, that's not the issue. The issue is no one wants to see that package in the exact same way that we have seen for the past 15 fucking years. Yeah, I agree anyway, on the most part. Me. I do kind of think that the DC superheroes are too much of a strong IP to kind of let them just sit there. I mean, are, are they... Uh, yes, but I don't think it's like a sit there for the next hundred years and no media ever comes out. It's a sit there for ten years and then reassess, you know? 
Mm. Um, yeah. Particularly, I, I just genuinely don't understand. And I, I feel the same way about Marvel. I just don't understand why they're making these plans that are 10 years out where it's like you don't fucking mm. know what the situation is going to be in 10 You don't know what the landscape is going to be in 10 years. Why are you making plans for these movies? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. For these movies that, we've, again, we've been watching for 15 years now, no one wants to watch 25 straight fucking years of superhero film. They just don't. Yeah, I actually I think don't. you might be onto something. I think maybe they should have waited 10 years to do another shared universe for DC. Yeah. Like, interconnected Batman and Justice League and stuff. They should have waited 10 years. In the meantime, they should have probably invested in things like Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves' The Batman. Yeah. And Todd Phillips' yeah. The Joker yeah. and the Joker sequel. Stuff that's yeah. completely standalone and disconnected, but that yeah. has prestige and it yes. has uh, audience appeal. So not only does it make money, yeah. it also gains back the critics, it gains back the general yeah. audiences, it that's the best mm-hmm. way to rebuild the brand. If you look at the stuff that's been released by DC in the past 10 years, Joker and the Batman yeah. are pretty much the most prestige things they've done. Absolutely. No, for sure. For and sure. It's kind of, like, it's kind of like the Christopher Nolan-esque correct. version of it, you know? It well, needs the Dark Knight movies were still coming of... out when the MCU started. Yeah, wild. And that's what wild. they were making. That's what was making Warner Brothers DC money at the time was the Dark Knight stuff and all that. Yeah, wild. And I'm like, why can they not make a trilogy of Superman movies that are just Superman movies? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Why for can't sure. they do? Like, I mean... like let let Bat- Robert Pattinson's Batman be the only Batman for nine more years. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And make I, people want it again. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it would build back general... Or it would kind of build back general audience's trust in the brand and also just, like, the brand in general. I think it's so fucking damaged. Oh, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. And we've talked about this at length. I don't think we ever talked about it on the pod, but we've talked about it, like, between you and I. Mm. I was kind of like, if they still want to do an extended universe... Be free, do it, but do it somewhere. We do it with something different. I think mm-hmm. you suggested doing it like a um, like a fantasy thing, like a Lord of the Rings esque extended universe, which I just think is like a brilliant idea. To be honest, I like that's that's that that is something that people do want to see because it has been missing for ten plus years now. Mm. Um, they would yeah. be first to market with it. Yeah. That's, you can't take your time, you know, do something anywhere. Yeah. I think actually, I think the fantasy genre right now is a major untapped market. I think that the. Yeah. Because if you look at like adventure movies, like the the two Jumanji movies, the most recent ones. Yeah. Over a billion each. And they are just straight up fun adventure movies. Fun family adventure movies. Yeah. Why can't we have more adventure movies, high fantasy movies? You know, Game of Thrones dominated yeah. the de- past decade. They did. It did. Why, why couldn't did. that transition into film? I think it could, and I think it would probably be successful. I, Dungeons and Dragons was critically acclaimed. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And also it, another good example. It didn't, it wasn't a hit. It, it broke even. It yeah. didn't bomb, but it broke even. But it's done really great numbers in 
digital purchases and streaming. So there's actually well, a pretty good see, chance it'll. It's got. Well, yeah, I, we're in a different time as well. I'll let you say what you want to say, but I just want to say that we're in a different time now, and audiences grow. Especially. No, with absolutely. Well, stuff. this is what I was going to say is that even if you think back to like 2008 Iron Man, yeah, it did well. Pippi. Did it do what Marvel is doing now? Fucking hell no. You mm. know, like Marvel didn't meet, reach its peak. Not at the peak, but it didn't hit its stride until the first Avengers movie. That's like, that was like yeah. five years of films they made until yeah. they got to that point where they were mm-hmm. like really, really very extremely successful. Um, and like that's that's I think I don't know I don't know they someone just needs to Warner Brothers just needs to invest and the time into building something that actually is genuinely good and different as opposed to being like, they're just constantly playing catch up, I think. And when you're in that, when you're in that phase of trying to catch up to somebody somebody else's success, you you just can't ever have a good product because you don't, you can't dedicate the time that's necessary to making it because you've got to try and get things out as fast as you can. Yeah, and your, your energy is so not, just... not focused on making something good. It's focused on making something yes. comparable to what has already been. Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. And you're you're, absolutely yes, correct. You're and you are also 1 million percent correct because by the time, literally when James Gunn was announced and Peter Safran as the new heads of DC Studios, James Gunn was already writing Superman Legacy. Yeah, yeah. When three months, so they were announced November first. They were no, they were announced in October. They became DC heads November first. At the end of January, oh, sorry, no, that's not even true. At the end of December last year, they announced the first five movies and first five shows that would be the slate for Gods and Monsters, Mm. the first chapter of the DCU. He had already written the full script, final draft of Superman Legacy. Mm. He had already written a full seven-episode series of uh, animated series called Creature Commandos. Mm. And I believe he's already written Peacemaker Season 2, but that's not coming out for five years. But I'm saying in four months... Oh, my God. In two, mo- in two months. In two months. He'd written... <laughs> let's say three, just to be yeah. safe. Three or four months, to be safe. He had written the next big Superman movie... And a seven-episode animated series, and yeah. I'm like alone, and decided to direct yeah. the Superman movie while also being the head of DC creative for all the other movies filming and TV shows filming at the same time. I just don't see how this is going to end well, and I want the best. See, my other thing about my other thing about James Gunn taking this on, and this is not. I think this is probably going to sound um, more of a direct criticism to him than I mean it. This is I, I, this is more kind of an observation of what happens mm-hmm. to people who are very successful with what they do and are good at what they do. Which is he, for example, is a really he's a pretty good writer director, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's fine. He's been promoted to manager, and. I think did not realize that that meant that he could not then do actually be physically part of the movies because he has a very important role in actually just trying to oversee and make sure that everything is fine. And instead he's gone, I'm the head. I'm going to do whatever I want to do, which is write, direct and oversee. It just can't do everything. And that's again, that's 
anyone could not do everything. You fucking Kevin Feige never tried to write wild. or direct any movies. Like, no, you're a million percent correct. And you know what's wild? This is history repeating itself. Okay. Yeah. Ten years. So DC Studios is brand new. That's only been since November last year. Um, and that's in the same vein mm-hmm. as Marvel Studios. They're producing the movies, which means they're under their own creative leadership. Um, it's only really yeah. the, the financials and stuff that they need to be reporting directly to David Zaslav, the head of Warner Brothers. Um, so this is different. In the old Warner Brothers for the past 10 years, it's been the head of it reports to his bosses and then his bosses and then his bosses and then his bosses. Yeah. Now it's James Gunn and Peter Safran go straight to David Zaslav. James Gunn is the creative head, fully planning the 10 years, making sure everything's seamlessly connected and flawlessly intertwined. And Peter Safran's like the money and budgets and all that shit. This is exactly what it's been for the last 10 years. <laughs> people fucking, people forget that Zack Snyder yeah. was the creative head. Of the so DC true. Extended Universe. He planned out 10 years so of the overarching overall DCEU universe storyline. He was planning on Darkseid and all this stuff in the Justice League build-up. He did all that. And yeah. he was directing the movies and writing the movies. And it fucking sh- was shit. It sucked. It was. It <laughs> you did. know? So this writer-director who wanted to be... for one person. Correct. He wanted to be writing and directing movies for his personal creative expression... Yeah. Also wanted to be the head of all of the other five movies and TV shows in production at the same time. Yeah. It's not possible. It I does reckon... not no, it's create not good products. Kevin Feige no, is out here directing, reckon... like you just said. No, yeah. I reckon <laughs> it's one of those things that they think is going to be easier than it is. I think it's one of those things where they're like, oh my God, this is just like writing and directing a series of sequels. Like, mm-hmm. I can do that. I've done that in the past. Whereas in reality, it's like, no, there are six movies happening simultaneously. It is different. It is different. Yep. I'm sorry, but it's different. You can't do it. You can't. No one can do it. I fucking couldn't do it. I'm Period. trying to say that I could do it better than they can. I could. Yeah. I would not even try to. And let's say there's 10 to 15 main and supporting characters in each project, each TV show movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This means that... The other creatives, the people that they hire to write and direct, are creating scripts with 10 to 15 people's dialogue making statements mm. about the world that they're in and the world yeah. building. And, you know, I, they say something about this one city on the other side of the world that's going to potentially affect whatever. James Gunn has to go in yeah. and analyze every fucking little aspect to make yeah. sure that it cross-reference checks against their series Bible that's to make crazy. sure that all the world building is consistent. I yeah. just don't get how it's going to happen. No, for sure. For sure. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's just too much work for one person, which means that it's not one person doing it, right? It means that there's a team doing it, uh, probably a pretty big team, because mm. I would imagine that he wants to prioritise the writing and the directing, because I would also imagine that's why he agreed to do it in the first place. Um which means, yet again, we're in a position where there's actually nobody overseeing the DCU. Well, I, I know that's a very that. sweeping statement to make, but... No, I, I, I agree. Um, and we are talking pretty much just creatively. He, We know the writers that he hired um, yeah. to create a writer's room for two months at the end of last year to come up with the 10-year plan and create a um, <clears throat> DCU Bible, which was all of the world-building... And rules of physics, rules of magic, rules of aliens, 
all of the stuff that they mm-hmm. have to, you know, kind of stick by, what the storylines had to be, which characters had to be alive for the uh, team up movie in say, seven year, uh, you know, seven yeah. or ten years, all this stuff. Yeah. And they're just using writers from the past ten years of DC. One of the people is Christina Hodgson, who just Oof. wrote The Flash. One of them's like uh, mm. one of the Tom King, who's a comic book writer, <laughs> who has acclaimed comic books but has no experience in filmography yeah. and stuff. Um, <sighs> All of this is just to say that Warner Brothers made the initial very bad decision to decide to want to keep making superhero movies. Which I think absolutely it was just a reflection of their wider um, scramble to be trying to make money at the mm. moment. That's that was that's uh, in my opinion and my experience with business is that's that's that wasn't a I'm trying to do something smart here. That was a I've got to do what I can to save the company decision. Yeah. Um, So I think there's, there's there was that, mm. and then there was like seventeen other really bad decisions after that that have now culminated in this fucking monstrosity that is like unstoppable in its in its in its in its yeah overwhelming it's no badness. <laughs> it's, but, yeah, it's just absolutely. like the Flash. It it's butterfly effect. He he took one can of tomatoes in the nineties, <laughs> and now it's a mess. Yes. But, like, yeah, the thing is, um, I can't even remember what I was going to say about that. But um, the last thing we should probably mention is the rest of this year's DC slate, which is there's yeah. still mm-hmm. to come Blue Beetle in August and Aquaman yeah. 2 in December. Yes. So test screenings and stuff say that Blue Beetle's actually pretty solid, but it's like a low-stakes Shazam-type movie. Yeah. Aquaman is apparently a mess. Mm. And it, <laughs> reportedly, the first thing James Gunn and Peter Safran did <clears throat> when coming into the DC role was James Gunn started put together this team of writers and started coming up with a plan. Peter Safran had to go to set and to the editing room to try and salvage Aquaman 2 into something that would be mm. somewhat presentable. Mm. See, I mean, even that, trying to just trying to get something out that's somewhat presentable as opposed to trying to make a good movie. It's like that's, you know, you're setting the bar a little low for yourselves. <laughs> yeah, and I that's think, what um, well, people are saying, is there any point in releasing something that's shit and not going to make money when... So the budget for it's ballooned to like $300 million because oh the CGI, the reboot, reboot reshoots... They're reshooting for a second time right now. They should have um, stopped. So the, the budget is 300 million, what... say. Yeah. Typically, yeah. you have to double that for the marketing costs. Mm. So let's conservatively say the break-even point for Aquaman 2 is 500 million. Yeah. Is it worth... Like, I know that they'll probably make three, two, five hundred million, but they're not going to make money on it. I just don't know if it's worth further damaging a brand that's going to be soft rebooted next year. Well, I was going to say is the other thing about this is that apparently the reboot hasn't happened yet. Despite Flash basically being the reboot, it hasn't happened yet. 
Um, and to be clear, this Flash the rebooted movies. the Zack Snyder universe. Yeah. So we've not even touched weird. this new universe. But, even more confusingly, this new universe doesn't technically start until Superman Legacy in 2025. But next That's year... Right. No, no, no. But next year... The Waller TV show and the Creature Commandos animated TV show, which are both the first pieces of media in the new DCU, which starts setting up the main storyline for the rest of the universe going forward. That doesn't even they make come out sense. Next year. That doesn't make sense. Like, like mathematically, that doesn't fucking make sense. Uh, well, can, well James Gunn's beginning. How can you have media being released that's part of the new universe before the universe? He's calling it an entree. He's calling it an apéritif. To get a taste of what the DC He's universe a will be. Idiot. That's so. There's these two, two TV shows that are going to be the actual start of the thing, but then there's James Gunn saying, "Actually, the real start is my movie in 2025, Superman." You just have to watch the two shows before that. Not only that, technically speaking, the very first property in this new DC universe is Blue Beetle. Suicide Squad. Oh, is Blue Beetle? That's horrifying. That's horrifying. I just really feel like <laughs> it was a HBO uh, which, Max I mean, to movie. Just, <laughs> like... to, to circle it back around to the point we were just make about Aquaman, I absolutely they should scrap it. They absolutely they should have scrapped it before they just started doing their reshoots. To be perfectly honest, because it has nothing to do with the new universe. They've um, already fired it's Jason not... Momoa. It, it, what? Yeah, they've already said that he's not Aquaman going forward. We already know that this movie means nothing. Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no one's going to go see it. They're just not going to go see it. Um, I'm not going to go see it. And I, I liked the first Aquaman. Yeah, I just. It's just. Um, they should have scrapped it. They're just wasting their money. They're wasting their money. Um, they and absolutely I, I, are, and they're damaging the brand. Yeah, exactly. I but, genuinely uh, think that the damage they're doing to the brand by releasing this year's slate of movies yeah. in the state that they are is going to do more damage than just taking the hit, which is shit. Uh, right? yeah. But if they can get the 100 million tax write-off for Batgirl, why can't they do the same for Aquaman? And then why can't... <laughs> if, if Blue Beetle is so good that they want it to be the first entry or yeah. the first character in the new DC universe, shelve it until January yeah. 2025. Make it the first yeah. movie in the new DC universe, followed closely by the Superman movie. Yeah. Give us a break. Give us some time to forget how shit it's been for DC for yeah. the last 10 years. You know what I mean? No, I absolutely. Just... Absolutely. All around. No, again, choices. it is bad mistakes after bad mistake. And I and the, the shitty thing is, again, from the outside, A, you can see that they're bad mistakes. But B, you also can, you know why they're making them. And it makes you feel really bad for them in a way. Because it's like, oh, sweetie. Oh, really? We're doing this. Oh, you know, so it's like, it's not even, it's almost like becoming anyone who knows any level of detail about this is almost like, feels like Warner Brothers are making like a mockery of themselves. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like, oh, you don't even know how to make movies. That's sad. sad. You're the leading industry leader for the past 150 years. Yeah. I literally, it's like, it's not even, at this point, it's not even just the DC brand that you have to worry about. It is your Warner Brothers brand that is in big trouble. So, and, and the shitty thing about that is that it's one of the only fucking big studios that is left that's not owned by Disney. Um, literally? So, so you know this. You know that I'm trying to watch 200 movies this year. 
and I'm keeping a running yeah, Excel spreadsheet of what I've been, of what mm-hmm. I've watched and what I rank it and my general review, uh, first time I've watched it and what streaming service slash cinema slash digital purchase I watched it on. Mm-hmm. I've watched 70 so far and a vast majority of them were on Disney Plus because Disney Plus yeah. owns, uh, Disney owns everything. 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 It's they insane. own everything. I'll be like, oh, I'll watch an Alien movie. Disney Plus. I'll watch Indiana Jones. Yeah. Disney Plus. <laughs> I'll watch this horror yeah. movie that's really obscure. Disney Plus because they bought 20th yeah. Century Fox Searchlight. Like the indie studio. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's wild. Yeah, no. It is wild. It is really wild. And again, it just really makes this Warner Brothers thing so extra unfortunate because it's like they're fucking setting themselves up to have to be bought out. Yeah. Um, which is a lose-lose for the whole entire world population. <laughs> well, so allegedly, in- industry like analysts are saying that David Zasilev's plan is to just keep cutting costs, keep firing people, keep making basic IP trash movies and stuff that'll make at least a little bit of money. Um, so that in 10 years or less, I think they said like 2027 or 2028, um, Warner Brothers will not be hemorrhaging money. They'll just be yeah existing. Like they won't be super profitable, but they'll be yeah not in the state that they're in now. Um, and then yeah. you can sell it off to like Comcast or something, I think. Um, wow. And apparently that's like a high, high, high likelihood of what, what he's doing and why he's so... Ruthless wow. with his cuts and stuff, um, which That's sucks insane. because they're movies and shows and stuff. You know, it's meant to be a creative, yeah, thing. And like history shows that Fucking when you when they when you put creativity first and make something genuinely good, it pays off. It's really true. You think it's about really the true. amount of shows, like shows like even Game of Thrones, where yeah. season one had a pretty low viewership. But it was so quality that people, the audience built. And by the season, word of mouth, yeah. By season three, it was the biggest show in the world in history. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? For sure. For sure. I think and the really like the, the really unfortunate thing about the industry as a whole, this is not just Warner Brothers, but as a whole is, and I think they've really forgotten that 10 years ago, that is what was happening. We remember all these, we remember Marvel, we remember Game of Thrones as being these massive worldwide hits, mm. but they've forgotten that it took three to five years for yeah. that to happen. Um, yeah. And now people are like, oh, it's not a season one massive hit. I didn't make a billion dollars. Better cancel it. It's like, that's, Correct. that was just never going to happen. It has never happened in history. If Stranger Things... Like, <laughs> came out now and had the season one yeah. numbers it had for its first year, yeah. wouldn't have been renewed. Yeah, wild. Well, that's something it's that's so happened wild. since we've been on our break is we've both cancelled Netflix. We don't have Netflix anymore. So true. Yes, fuck Not em. to feed into cancel culture. We've, we're not saying we're cancelling them. We've literally cancelled our subscriptions. I feel like I've also cancelled them. <laughs> that <laughs> is why I cancelled my subscription. It's just it's because it's really hard watching them fuck over so many creators. And yeah, it is. Not giving... Uh, most of the big shows on Netflix and stuff right now, like you said, have grown from something small to a solid yeah. audience. Yeah. So it's like, if you're not going to have an audience stick around, what's the fucking point? So know. true. It's so true. Shit's wild. All yeah. right. Anyway, I've got to go. Yeah. So we better wrap up. We shall. Um, that was good. I really needed to get that off my chest publicly. So... I did too. 
I mean, that's basically <laughs> what this is. We just allow ourselves to vent about shitty choices yes. people in power make. Um, yeah, love it. Yeah, apologies for my fast talking and TED talk I was doing this episode. <laughs> I've, it's I like you it. said, it's been months. It's been building yeah. up for months, and then last night it has. I went through like all the stuff that James Gunn's and stuff announced the five shows and movies and. Oof multiple times in his announcement he likened it to game of thrones stop it to in like the um multiple characters storylines and wow. ensemble cast and the um the 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 political kind of drama and stuff like that like mm. he's making a wonder woman prequel so before diana's born but it's set on themyscira it's called Par- the tv show is called paradise lost it's a prequel to wonder woman set on themyscira <sighs> And it's Game of Thrones. It's about a civil war on Themyscira. And he said, it's like Game of Thrones, but DC. And it's like, bro, just fucking be original. Be original. All right. Game of Thrones fucking sucked at the end. (laughs) Just so true. So true. Actually, speaking of... But we don't need to get into that. Did you see Netflix did their big Tudum event and, like, um, released the trailer for the... Game of Thrones creators, David oh, Benioff and vaguely. Dave, yeah, yeah, Dave yeah, Weiss, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their new show called The Three Body Problem. And like the trailer yeah. itself is fine and looks, you know, well made, but it's just being like downvoted to hell and all the comments are saying, Why the fuck would I invest in something written by these shitty people who can't finish Game of Thrones? It's been like five years. Four. That's wild. It's been four well, years. see, oh, the, the, see, I mean, the thing about the real issue with the success of Game of Thrones, that I didn't want to talk about this, but here we are anyway, <laughs> is that all of the good seasons were based on the books, right? Yeah. And so D&D didn't actually have anything. They fucking lifted directly yeah. some of that dialogue from yeah. the books and put it in their show. So they didn't actually have anything to do with the reason why those first few seasons were well-written. And so then as soon as they took creative direction and were writing the scripts themselves, it went to shit. Floppy flop. Everybody knows that because actually, Game of Thrones was one of the most popular shows of yeah. all time. So Period. of course no I mean, going to trust at, them like, because you they're look like... At, um... Harry Potter, the Harry Potter movies are generally very close to the book, so they were well-received. Um, the because it's hard to fuck it up if you follow the book, you know. Yeah. The Hunger Games: Catching Fire is widely regarded as one of the best sequels of all time. It was, and that's because it's almost line for line book accurate, you know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But to tie it back to DC, the one thing I think they might have going for them is that they're planning on following actual comic book storylines relatively faithfully, which is something that Marvel's never done. Marvel just like takes a character and idea from one series and another and mushes yeah. them together to make a movie. I think yeah. DC could hopefully find something that's a little bit unique to them by following the comic book story. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, it's a good idea. It's a good we'll idea. See. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Good one. Okay. Thank you for Wait. ranting with me. <laughs> Thank you for ranting. Uh, audience, thank you for bearing with us as we've thank had you for a bearing with us. heaps way long break. Heaps way long break. We'll be in person <sighs> this coming week. Will we? And we're seeing no hard feelings. I, I'm. It's my most anticipated movie of the year. 
I think it looks genuinely fantastic. And the reviews are also fantastic. Yeah. Period. Okay. Dot. <laughs> Alright. Wait, where can we follow you? I haven't, I forgot, I've got to update the links down below with your social. Oh, shit. Um, just Instagram and TikTok. And it's, and it's real underscore Maddie, M-A-D-D-I-E underscore M, just a letter. If you want to follow the pod, you can at WTFIH podcast on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to follow me on Twitter or TikTok, <laughs> you can. I don't know. I've not posted on TikTok in like six months and I've, I don't really Maybe. post on Twitter much, but Twitter's kind of just a hellhole right now. So I'll probably abandon that soon. So true. But anyway, thanks for bearing with us. It's good to be Thanks back very much talking for, for an hour straight in my really fast cadence. <laughs> now say it again. Thanks so much for Thanks listening. Thanks very much for listening what to what the fuck is happening. The podcast. Bye. <laughs>